This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. So, um, this morning, I want to start a little mini-series here, uh, see how far it goes. Uh, don't hold me to that. But I was thinking, as I was praying this week, like, okay, Lord, you know, here's the thing. I've been pastor for, well, 28 years, uh, over 25 years, and uh, with youth and, and, and an associate role, and it's just birthing this church in 1999. And uh, I mean, know oh, that's a lot of messages, <laughs> And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I want, I want to give the people something that's, that's your heart now and what is it? And it's not that I don't pray that each week, but when I start a new series, I kind of struggle a little bit is what I'm trying to say, okay? And, and so I, I started the beginning of the week and I, it just was good, like nothing. God, I didn't feel was on it. See, I'm really setting myself up either to fail today or to really be. And, and so, so this song came to me. Okay, this throwback, 70s. You want to hear a throwback song? So let's uh, pull up the first slide, not that one. That's the second slide. And let's play 30 seconds. Stand with me if you would and sing this 1970s. Come on now, some of you remember this. Come on, sing it out. Old things are passed away. I'm born again. Thank you. Uh, that was David Ingalls in 2009, but 1970s. I used to listen to this as a kid and, and to sing this. And I want to talk to you about the new creation, the new creation and what it means to, to walk in being uh, the new creation. So uh, if we're pulling up slides here, let me get to the first slide in our series. And I want to talk to you about being under construction. Um, my wife and I were in the middle of a little mini demo on a house that we bought in, in town. And yeah, so like total demo <laughs> all the way to the studs. And we've had people help. And uh, it's, it's been a blessing, but it's been a challenge. Actually, it's the first house we've ever bought. The houses we've had before, we started from scratch. See, so, so those are, you know, easier to me because if I screw up, it's my fault, you know. In a demo, it's like, what was this guy thinking when he built anyhow? Uh, so, so we're facing a lot of that, but it, it, it's, it's been good. But I think about the new creation. And so I, uh, this is going to be our foundation text. 2 Corinthians 5.17, as a kid, I memorized this. I used to listen to Frederick Price and Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagen. And, and there was a lot of truth. And there's a lot of insight that came. And, 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 and what God's word says about us. Can I get an Amen. amen. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, if you belong to Christ, can I see your hands quickly? Most all of you, that's awesome, has become a new person. One scripture says new creation, one on translation. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Somebody say amen. amen. Right, pastor. Right, sure, you betcha. I, yeah, I don't feel like a new creation. You know how I acted this past week? If you only knew, I'm not acting like a new creation. Come on, how many are with me? Say amen. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Another translation says, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgiven, and everything is new. What is God talking about here? Because I don't feel this. And, you know, here's the thing, the beauty about God, and we'll get into this in a moment here. I'll see how far I can get this morning, but Romans 4, 17 is a very powerful verse. It says this, God calls into existence the things that do not exist. Do you know what that means? God speaks things and they happen. Oh, come on now. Now we're getting into the nitty-gritty about how you orchestrate your life and how you talk every single day. Well, I'm never this or I'm never that. Now, this is not a name and then claim it, but you know, there's something in the scripture about our profession and our confession of our mouths and how if we're walking around and feel all fear all day and we're wringing our hands, we can wonder why. Amen? How many with me say Amen. amen. And so God is a God that we, that we serve is one that he speaks and it happens. He speaks and it happens. You say, well, pastor, I speak a lot of stuff and it's not happening. What are you speaking? Amen? What's coming out of your mouth? So in 1998, uh, this was our second home construction that we were starting on a new construction. And it was this spring night. Like not ha we had here a few, well, not too long ago, where the frost was still in the ground, all right, and we get a rainstorm. Yeah, right? And what happens? The gutters and the ice and, 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 and there's flooding in basements and you hear, oh, all the insurance companies, all that. Well, we had that. I think Zach was around four or five. Disney was two, three, somewhere around there. And so we had this heavy rainstorm. And so we started this house and, and we, you know, that last summer and I didn't get quite around to finishing uh, the uh, egress uh, uh, wells. I mean, know what I'm talking about, where, you know, the basement window egress. And so I just threw something over there to cover that. And well, how many you know, <laughs> when you get about two inches of rain in the spring, that fills up. And so I think I had my brother or someone that was staying with in the basement and, and came up at 3 a.m. or something and said, Mike, and all the toys, there was a foot of water in the basement. And so I went down and I looked through the window well and it must have been 15 inches of water in the window coming in. There's no way of getting that out. And all I could do is just try to get a sump pump and try to pump that stuff out. And uh, the next morning, my wife and I just looked at it and it was a disaster. It was a disaster. We had all this rain flooding and the sheetrock, all that's damaged and all the kids' toys that come down there, the stuff was floating. I had some tools that were underwater, electric tools. You know, those were toasted. And so, yeah, you get the feeling. It was just this sense of hopelessness and like, what? This is just, why God? You know, come on now, come on. And so the kids, the basement and playroom, it looked like a dirty swimming pool, you know, and they're down there like, you know, kicking stuff like, what's up with this? And everything was underwater and the bed got soaked and the carpet was ruined. And so you get the picture. I mean, uh, it looked like a disaster. Everything was just disorganized and everything was out of place. And if you know my wife and I, we just can't stand that. We just can't stand that. But here's what's the, in the interesting thing. This, this is my, one of my points. We did not say at that time, well, you know what? Uh, let's stop everything. No more building. No more repairs. This place is such a mess. It's so messy. I mean, it's never going to be what it was. And, and, and now, really, it seems like it's ruined beyond repair. 
No, after a few moments, let me clarify that, maybe a few hours, maybe a few days, I can't remember. <laughs> we finally came to our senses, at least me, that, that it was all part of the process when you do new construction. Come on, how many with me say amen? E even though we weren't thrilled about it at the time, it's part of the process. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? You know, we can, you can have a beautiful house, but at times you can't have a beautiful house without some rain, some mud, amen? Kids coming in, tracking stuff in, sheetrock dust, paint that doesn't smell good. And well, in the same way, you have to see things that are messy in your life. The things that you struggle with, the things that seem out of place as simply you're still under construction. Can you say that? Say this, say, I am under construction. Isn't that freeing? Amen. So um, <clears throat> we're doing this little demo thing, and, and uh, I'm conscientious about the dust and everything. Years ago, before, I didn't care about it. But anyhow, I, a little bit more conscientious. So we get the, I put the mask on, and, and I'm up in the attic and down and pulling things, and dust is everywhere. But, but I know there's a day coming. I'm not going to need that to walk in the house, right? Right, a day's coming, but it's not now, but a day's coming. I want you to hang on to that thought. And so when we talk about being under construction, it doesn't mean that it's not going to work out. No, the project's going to work out. So you say, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Well, what about that water in your basement room in your life? All right? The disappointment. The betrayal. Have you ever been betrayed? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> you sense and feel those things, delays in your life. And you, you may not like it, but here, here's the thing. In, 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 God's, in God's kingdom here on earth, living on this earth, it's all part of the process. You say, why? Because we're all, myself included, still under construction. Can you say amen? See, we can't become all we were created to be without some messy places in our life. Someone once said this, that God's promise is packaged in a box of pain. <laughs> Thank you for that one. Really, amen. Yes, we don't like it, but it's just, for some reason, I don't know, it's just living on this earth and that God uses those difficult times in our life that we become stronger when we go through it. Not avoiding it. I hadn't become stronger as a pastor avoiding criticism, emails now and then, horrible message, pastor, who do you think you are? You know, I didn't become strong because I could just say, you know, that's it, I'm done, I quit. No, I send him to the shredder, okay? And I, I move on, amen? Some of them I just say, well, you, you just deal with that. I don't even read the first letter on it. I'm not reading it, honey, you take care of it. That doesn't happen a lot, but it, 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 it does happen, <laughs> See, why? It makes me stronger to go through those things. Now, I want you to think about that in your own life. Messy places. You know, to the untrained eye, a construction site can look disorganized. Isn't that right? It's random at times. When construction guys get to their site, they haul their tools, they spend time, and they bring them and drop them down where they need them. And if you were to come into this site that we're, this little house that we're doing over, you'd look and go, it's like, man, Pastor Mike, I thought you were an organized guy. I am an organized guy. But, but see, when you're dealing with something, I need at that moment certain things. And I need to be able within arm's reach, you know, reach, pull those things other than wasting time looking for, did anyone see my square? Where's the T-square? How many know what I'm saying? 
And so, and so, so there's things that are, uh, for the untrained eye, you may seem like your life is disorganized, but God has you under construction. He's got you, and he knows, he knows the right tools to work on you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. That's our God. That's our God. You know, so he's the architect. He's the builder. And to the architect and to the builder, it's no big deal because they look at it and they see it and they go, yep, this is coming along good. We need to strengthen that. We need some blocking there. And, 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 and why? We're, they're not worried. Why? Because the architect and the builder, they drew the plans. Did you, did you get that? And they already have. They, when they lay it down, they lay it down beforehand. The finished project, you know, we're working, we are still working on our church building plans and we're like 99.9% .9 close on a final plan. And it's beautiful. And, and yes, yeah. Actually, a side note, I'm getting in trouble, but I went to the city and applied for our conditional use permit for our property and we're on the docket in June for the city planning commission. So, amen. We are moving forward. But what we look at that's not even started is the finished product. It's the finished product. And to me, it looks really nice. It's, it's beautiful. Everyone just chiming in on that. And so, so, so to the architect, to the builder, it's no big deal. They're not worried. They do the plans. They know where everything is going exactly and where it should go. And so the temporary mess is just what it is. It's temporary. Amen? It's just temporary. That's kind of how you have to look at your life. You know, uh, if you were to come into the, the house there or any construction site, I, I got my tape measure. I usually have it on my side. I usually load three pencils because usually one breaks. In my back pocket, I have my little strap that comes around me. I know you really appreciate all this information, but so I don't blow my back out doing stuff. And, and then I have the saws all there. Come on, I have my circular saw there. I got the T-square there. And I got my goggles for when I need to grind and everything. And sometimes I... I trip over my own mess. And that really aggravates me, and I, I probably shouldn't say this, but sometimes I kick stuff out of the way. Like, why are you there? I put it there. <laughs> it's my own fault. Friends, your architect, the builder, is the most high God. It's the most high God. He's designed a specific plan for your life. 1 Corinthians 3.10 says that our foundation is Jesus Christ. And yes, we are God's building, but he says, you are my builders. You are my builders. And here's the good news. The good news is the messy places in your life can't stop your destiny if you don't let it. If you don't let it. Say, what do you mean by that? That's so important to understand that God has created you into a new creation. Who you are, a new creation. Otherwise, you're going to live your life with a sin consciousness. Come on now. Not a righteousness consciousness. You're going to walk around just like, I'm just a filthy, rotten sinner. I mean, if you just knew it. And you're not going to be that builder. Why pick up the hammer? Why even get the tools? Why even start a project? Because you feel, I'm just not worth it. That's the lie of the enemy. That's a lie. So the delays, the things you don't understand, even the mistakes you've made, God has already taken them into your account. That's not an excuse for sin, but he has taken them into your account. And you may not see how your dream could ever work. Many of you feel like you're stuck. But God is saying this, you're on schedule. If you love me with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, even though you stumble, you're right on schedule. <clears throat> even though, how many know we're not a finished product yet? 
but God is still working on us. He's working us. And he's, what he started in you, he's going to bring to completion. I believe that. Now, here's the thing about Satan. Satan will whisper. For some of you, he'll shout, uh, you know, the accuser. He said, not you. You have too many flaws. You have too many weaknesses. You've made too many mistakes. Mm. A new creation? What do you mean a new creation? You're not a new creation. That's not you. Who do you think you are? Just look at yourself. Look at how you behave. You should have been a lot further along than where you are right now. Well, I mean, what's the matter with you? You know, my brothers and sisters, we need to, at that time, hear me, remind the devil we're under construction and we're a new creation. Amen? And so even though we may have some messy places in our life, God is not finished with me yet. Amen? Can we say that together? Say, say God is not finished with me yet. That's good. You say amen to that. Amen? Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Lord willing, we'll get into that next week. Anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. There are plans, schematic, that your architect in heaven has already drawn in design for you to build. What are you doing with it? When you get to heaven, he's going to put, is there going to be a stack of file like, I put this in your heart. I put that in hell, but you let sin and you know sin consciousness and the new creation reality. You just you, you, I have all these plans, and you are my builder. I'm going to work through you. What are you doing with them? I want to wind up in heaven. And I don't want to have anything. I want to dust clean. Amen. So I got fulfilled, fulfilled the, the call. Amen. So. God's masterpiece, that word in the Greek means a thing made, a work, a workmanship. But that word anew, we'll talk about that next week, Lord willing. Paul said, you are a masterpiece to God, God's masterpiece. Now, we all know we may not be there quite yet. But here's the thing, instead of beating yourself up, which I did a lot, and my, my temperament, for anyone who wanted to know it, there's the DISC, and now we're in the enneagrams. It's different, it's different, okay. So we're learning you know, who I really am, because I don't know. <laughs> but the temperament test, I'm a choleric, melancholic, melancholic, cleric. Actually, melancholic is a pretty depressed word, actually. <laughs> Some of you melancholics know, yeah, right on, brother, I know what you mean. But, but uh, and so the, the cholerics just plow ahead, and the melancholics can be introspective and can beat themselves up. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. And so, so I did a lot of that beating myself up, you know, it's growing my faith, <clears throat> kind of a negative recording in my life, and you don't measure up. And, but you know what? Came to the place and say, you know what? I'm God's masterpiece. I'm not perfect. I'm under construction. Amen. And I'm a masterpiece in the making. Amen. Well, you still struggle with that addiction, yes? But here's the secret we are all under construction. God is still working on you and I. You say, well, I have this temper. Say things that you shouldn't. Every Sunday I say things I shouldn't. I want them retracted. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Yes, they may be so, but you know what? You're better than what you were last year. Amen? God is working on you. You're growing. You're coming up higher. Can you say amen? What God started, he's going to finish. Friends, you have to look beyond the mess to see the masterpiece and what God is creating. 
Let me just say this here about grace. <clears throat> when, you tr- when you truly understand grace, and I'm not saying I do, I think we'll never truly understand it until we see Christ when we meet him, amen, in the fullness of it all. But when you understand grace, you understand the gospel. Here's the thing. When you understand that, watch this, you're going to be perpetually running to God in your failures. I'm going to say that again. When you understand grace, you are going to run to God when you mess up, not from God. Isn't that right? Because you understand grace. You say, what do you, what do you mean? Because even in your failures, watch this, your failures produce worship. Some, some of you write that down. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? Why? Because you remember, as a believer now, that God has loved you, he has extended grace to you, and what happens is you run to God, not from God, to clean yourself up. That's worship. That's where the enemy, someone needs to hear this, beats us up because he thinks you keep doing this thing, you keep messing up, you don't love God. And you turn in brokenness and contrition and many with tears and and, and you want to be free and, and God is freeing you. But even in that bad situation that you feel, there's a worship component in it. You're going back to God. That should be freeing from some of you. Amen? That's worship. And that's powerful. We know about Adam, the old creation in the garden, just like Adam. He hid when he sinned. And we didn't have to go through the litany of things we do. We don't come to church. We hide. We avoid people. We avoid relationships and work, 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 work. And amen, Pastor Mike, you know. Uh, We put on that, you know, hi, praise the Lord. And dying inside, come on now. We're not transparent with each other. and don't have close relationships. And so we run, we hide from God and we sin. And we really don't understand that God has already paid the debt for you. Thank you. You need to sink in. He's our, listen, for the Christian, he's, watch this, watch, might be judged for this, but he's paid the debt for the world even. There's a condition for salvation, amen? But every person, if they would, you know, comply to the condition, he's already paid it final, once and for all. And he paid it for you. So, you know, someone talks about his dear future sin category, and I got on it for a minute, 16 or 19 weeks one time, and ranting and raving about it. But, you know, the truth of the matter is my past is forgiven. Your present you can deal with. I don't have a future sin category. But when I pass that, and if I happen to, he's going to take care of that. Amen? He'll take care of that. How am I with me? Say amen. Hallelujah. So let's continue here. Just a few more moments. In Genesis 17 and 18, God told Abraham that he was going to have a son and become the father of many nations. But he and his wife were too old. Sarah, Sarah excuse me, was barren, way past the childbearing years. And so they prayed. And uh, God, you know, he shows up. He says, you're going you're gonna to have a son. You know, so they stood in faith. And really, from the first time, if I understand my calculations in Scripture pr- properly, may give or take a few years, when God said it, to the time the son came about, was 25 years. That's a long time. <laughs> okay? You may be 25 years old, and now you're 50, and you feel really old. <laughs> I mean, it's like, come on, God, what the time, he's out of time. He doesn't, doesn't bother him. So, but for about 10 years into it, after God said, they kind of start wondering. 
One of the Jewish traditions they say is that, that if a wife was barren and she couldn't have kids and after 10 years it could, he, he could marry another woman and raise up and they can have kids. And so, so you wonder if this was going on with Sarah. She couldn't have a child. And so, so she had this brilliant idea. She said, Abraham, why don't you marry Hagar, my maid? And maybe God will give us a son that he promised. So she may have been leaning on that tradition there, and that was kind of cultural thing. And, and so Abraham, he didn't even have to pray about that one. No problem, he said. Whatever you say, honey. So he marries Hagar, and he marries her, and they have a son, and they name him Ishmael. Hence the 1040 window today. Okay, so we got Ishmael, but, but Abraham loved Ishmael. Let me just say this. God loves the Muslim people. He loves them. We should not hate the Muslim people. He loves them. And you know, there's something in the core of Muslims that there's a very devoutness. If it's redirected properly, could probably evangelize the whole globe in a day through Christ. How many with me say amen? Just wanted to throw that out there. And so Abraham, he, he loved Ishmael. They were so excited. They had their baby. Then God says to Abraham and Sarah, this is not the promised child. That's your own doing. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you can imagine all the strife, the division. Sarah got mad at Abraham. What were you thinking? Sleeping with the maid. He said, what do you mean? You're the one that told me to do it. She said, I know, but you shouldn't have listened to me. Lord, help us men. Amen. <laughs> Abraham and Sarah, I'm trying to get the point across, they were at odds, they were, watch this, they are arguing with each other, and if that wasn't bad enough, Sarah was upset with Hagar, the maid, and, and, and she gave Abraham an ultimatum, and basically she said this, that either the maid is leaving, or I'm leaving, but we're not staying here together, throw them out. And so he had to, he felt really bad about it. He was agonized over it because he loved him, Ishmael. And Ishmael was probably 10, 12, 15 years old at that time. And Hagar, she didn't do anything wrong, right? And so he had to send her, her and the son out into the desert. Now, without going any further with that story, let me just stop right here. Abraham, the Bible says, is the father of our faith. Isn't that right? Father Abraham. Now, here's the thing. You would be hard-pressed to find a more dysfunctional family, come on, than them. A messy place. There was a mess in their life, was there not? How many know there was trouble? There was division in the house between both wives towards Abraham and everyone else, the dog, the camel, and every, you know, division. Now, most people would have written them off and just thought, you know what, it's too late for you guys. You need to be on some kind of reality TV, Real Housewives for the Bible. You've got so much drama in your house. Done. God said, no, you're under construction. Under construction. Not finished with you yet. See, church, the messy places of our life are all part of the process. It may be uncomfortable. You may not understand it. You may have brought the trouble upon yourself. But here's the thing. It's no surprise to God. Amen? It's no surprise to God. When he designed your plan, he took that into account. Once again, not an excuse for sin. Now, here's, here's my key point. We'll conclude with this. <clears throat> despite Abraham and Sarah's wrong choices throughout their life, despite their dysfunction, at 90 years of age, that really bothers me. That really bothers me. Because, you know, the Bible says it was being conformed into his image. And I would hope at 90, I just glow. 
You know, and I go, that's Pastor Mike. He doesn't need the floodlights. He just glows with the glory of God. I don't think that's... <laughs> Maybe someday, I don't know. Come on, how many with me say amen? 90 years of age, they got craziness going on in their household. It's craziness. God caused Sarah to conceive and give birth to Isaac, the promised child, in the midst of the mess. In the midst of the mess, and here's, here's what I want you to get. If Abraham and Sarah saw their promise come to pass after that mess, what makes you think God is not going to bring to pass what he promised to you? Amen? Stand with me if you would, please. You say, well, Pastor Mike, my situation is too messy. Couldn't be any messier than theirs. I got mud. I got stink in my house, in my life. Part of the process. We're under construction. We're under construction. Here's an amazing thing I want to uh, talk to you, conclude with this here. God is going to finish what he started in each of our lives if we are willing and obedient. Here's what's amazing. Watch this verse. I never saw this before for some reason. <laughs> Abraham shout, shout never, wavered. never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. Now watch this. We say amen. But really, what I did not get is it says Abraham did not waver in his faith. Really? having to get a maid, you know, marry, try to make the promise come to pass, to me, that's wavering. Isn't that right? I mean, to me, I mean, all the mistakes in the, in the strife, and to me, it's being impatient, trying to make things happen in your own strength, having to kick somebody out of your house, to me, that seems like wavering. It seems like wavering. Here's what's so amazing about God. Watch this. God does not see the construction process as wavering. The mistakes that Abraham made, the strife, the dysfunction, God didn't hold that against him. In fact, God called Abraham a hero of faith. You know what? Here's the thought for the day. Why do you stop? Why won't you just stop beating yourself up? Amen? You're under construction. It's not an excuse. Now, if you get in a fight with your husband and wife on the way home, just don't get, you know, I'm on a construction pastor mindset and you're acting like an idiot. <laughs> Amen. But I want us to see this new creation reality of who we really are. And we're not just old, filthy, rotten sinners saved by grace. That's true. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. We've been made into his image and likeness. He's made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification. Did you get that? So there's wisdom, there's righteousness, and sanctification. Our spirit has been made anew, created. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. A new creation. Every head bowed, please. God knows when we're under construction, we all have messy places in our life. We all make mistakes. We all have things that we need to overcome. But if you don't let it, and this is where condemnation comes in from the enemy and the lies and the whispers of the devil because of your shortcomings. If you don't let it, don't allow him, you will become. God has already declared it. There's already a blueprint that says, this is my finished product before you even came into this earth as an infant. God has a set of plans that he wants you to build. 
in and through your life with him. You're here this morning and maybe watching by television. You say, Pastor, I, I hear what you're saying, this new creation, and but I'm just I'm not, I'm not right with God. I don't have the assurance of salvation. The Bible says you can know you have eternal life. I'd like us to pray. Maybe there's perhaps somebody in here. Maybe you've been to church for a long time and kind of maybe a young person. I don't know, a spouse, friend, family member. You're a guest. You've never totally surrendered your life to Christ and invited him in. See, your debt has been paid legally at the cross. To in order to receive that forgiveness is not just mental assent going, well, that's great. God took care of my sin. No, you must surrender your life to Christ. Repent of your sin and invite him in. It's called conversion. And we preach and teach that here. You must be converted. If that's you, I'd like you to pray with me as we pray corporately and those watching by television to receive Jesus Christ in your life. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I just pray for everyone that's prayed that prayer for the first time. And Lord, that you would just reveal yourself afresh and anew to them. And Lord, for us here as the body of Christ, as believers, we would not walk around in sin consciousness, but we would walk around in the new creation realities. Lord, that there's a blueprint, that there, there, there's a design, there, there is something that you have for each and every one of us that's, that doesn't even exist right now, but it exists on paper in heaven <laughs> by the master builder. Lord, let's not allow sin consciousness to thwart your plans. I'd like to invite the altar workers to come forward at this time. And, and some of you, I believe, need to respond to, to, to this altar call. And you've allowed the enemy and the lies of the enemy to stop you from even stepping out because of the weaknesses and actions and behavior and thoughts. I would never be where I am today. And I'm not saying that it is much of anywhere other than I, I take this as a position of honor and respect and, and I'm humbled by it. But I wouldn't never have stepped out and become a pastor and step into this vein without understanding righteousness. Come on now. And that's, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. And there's an overcoming that needs to take place in many of your lives. And that's understanding who you are in Christ Jesus. Even though there's a certain behavior, a certain action, whether it's addiction, a bad habit, or whatever, God wants you to stop focusing on that and focusing on Him. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen? And so I just want to encourage you to, to get prayer. Get hands laid upon you. Prayer uh, uh, with anointing of God's oil. to Just to uh, pray over you. Maybe it's couples. And, and maybe it's something with stirring. You say, you know what? I've been thinking God's wanting to do this. And I've had this desire. But I've just, life happens. Life happens. This is an opportunity to break that in Jesus' name. And to, and to see God's plan, the master builders, architectural design over you and I's lives come to pass. Amen. 
Let me bless you, Lord. We just thank you for the people of God and their attentiveness today. I, I bless them. I just thank you, Lord. As this word goes forth, shall not return void, but it shall accomplish where into ascent. And I pray a prospering of this word in the lives of each and every one of us. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-759. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.